to Creature Crunch, uh, the show where we uh, just bite into a monster, crunch him up, spit him out into some sort of functional stat block. Uh, my name is Matt. And I'm being assaulted by flies. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I was being assaulted by flies. <laughs> Do we want to retake that? Um, sure, sure. All right. So. <laughs> or do we want to have the opening just be attacked by flies? <laughs> I mean, I can put that in. I can leave that in. It's, it's it, up to you, it man. It makes it genuine. Um, whatever. It's a, it doesn't matter to me, none. Okay. Um, there we go. <laughs> I did. I nailed my intro. <laughs> hey, I, I, I did fine considering the circumstances. <laughs> uh, so anyway, yeah, we're, uh, we are doing episode four, which uh, was my choice this week. Yep, yep. Um, and damn you for it. <laughs> Um, I chose one based off of uh, nostalgia factor. Yeah, your uh, your own personal nostalgia. Yeah, my own personal nostalgia, which is a wild sentence to say in regards to this movie. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, but yeah, we watched uh, 1993's Carnosaur. <laughs> There's a lot to unpack here. Um, I kind of want to just throw away the luggage, but <laughs> let's don't let's... worry. I've got. I've got notes. Yeah. <laughs> I've got yeah, lots you do. of notes. <laughs> so, uh, why don't you start taking us down so, the... Uh... Um, so, Carnosaur, uh, watching it decades later, um, I can, uh, I think I can say very safely that my inter- and my enjoyment of this movie was purely in nostalgia. Yeah. <laughs> um, this is not a, this is not what I would define as a good movie. No, 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 um, no. I mean, it's, at the same time, it's not, it's, it's, it's not definitely not the worst terrible. I've seen, but right, by any right. It's it's not great. I honestly doubt if I ever revisit this one again. <laughs> that's that's pretty safe to say. Uh, I think it's definitely worth a watch just to kind of get a taste of what yeah. movies like this were back in the early nineties. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and honestly, like one thing that I found was that like the acting was pretty solid for the most you, part you've got a decent cast in this in this critter uh you got diane ladd uh clint howard bringing his clint howardiest like yeah you you got a decent cast so they'll work with what you give them there's no one absolutely like stand out terrible in this one but uh we'll, we'll cover the the cast here in a second here but um right now uh as far as we can tell, you can watch it on on YouTube. Yeah, that's I, I found it on YouTube. Um, you can get a DVD of it. I don't think there's it's on Blu-ray at the moment. I don't think I didn't see any when I was looking yeah. uh, because I am a lunatic and did find it on DVD and bought it. Yeah, uh, I paid a good uh, twenty dollars, uh, <laughs> and then I got the DVD. And the previous owner didn't even bother to remove the original price tag, which was all of three ninety nine. Nice. So Way that to go, buddy. that that felt that felt good. But hey, you yeah. know what? Now I'm the proud owner of. Of Carnosaur on DVD, on yeah. DVD, and and I don't know. It's it's such a part of my personal like yeah this, youth. This uh, is like a, a classic of the VHS era. It like, it really is, or or cable TV. Yeah, um, yeah. That's that's where a lot of people saw this. Weirdly enough, is cable TV. Um, that's probably where I saw it the first time. Was on Sci-Fi I, or USA or something. Yeah, I know. I didn't see it first on cable tv but i do remember seeing it because mm-hmm. they you know they edit out all the graphic stuff yeah. and and let's be honest there is quite a bit of graphics there, in this there's, movie. there's some chunks in this movie i remember i remember when i when i watched it as a kid because um, it was one of those uh for me one of the the weekly rentals from blockbuster mm-hmm. you know 
and ooh, dinosaurs and monsters and ooh, I love this. Uh, but I remember even thinking as a kid, like, wow, this is the most gory thing I've ever seen yeah, up until that yeah. point in my life. Um, but uh, yeah, that, that's where you can watch it though. Right now, at least, is on YouTube. Uh, I'm not really sure exactly how legally, but yeah, I'm sure it's not very legal at all. But so uh, you <laughs> I don't didn't find it anywhere else to stream. Yeah, so <laughs> you don't have Creature Crunch's official endorsement to no. watch it there, but you can. Whatever. Um, <laughs> We're not telling you not to do it. If the the studios will not provide capital, or, uh, piracy becomes a moral imperative. <laughs> that, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so, where did this movie come from, and how did it develop? <laughs> and now, how can we send it back? <laughs> <laughs> so, this movie has, in my opinion, a relatively uh, interesting history. It's it's very loosely based on the 1984 novel of the same name by uh, John Brosnan. Uh, who went? Uh, who wrote the the novel under the pseudonym uh, Harry Adam Knight? Um, Roger Corman got a hold of the rights to this movie yeah. and just kind of sat on it for a while, and for then about what nine years or so, something like that. Yeah, yeah. he he eventually uh, when he heard that Jurassic Park was going into production, mm-hmm. um, he decided to go ahead and jump on this, yep, and yep. very specifically designed the entire production of this movie to release before Jurassic Park uh, so that he could capitalize on Jurassic Park's yeah. marketing and hype. And he beat it by two weeks. <laughs> he, he beat it by two weeks. It, it premiered in theaters two weeks before Jurassic Park and uh, it, it it worked. It made bank. Mm-hmm. Uh, it practically doubled its budget. It had an $850,000 budget and it grossed $1.8 So... It was a pretty big box it, office success. It was success. a success, yeah. I mean, it wasn't, you know... It, it didn't make what Jurassic Park would go on to make by any stretch. Right, right. But, but I, that's definitely not the point For here. a movie that was shot for, like, three bucks and a hand job in the bathroom, like, that's not bad. Yeah, it's it's pretty impressive. Um, this is our so, first uh, Roger Corman joint that we're watching on the show, and I'm positive it's not going to be the last. Probably not, no. Because he's so, produced something like... Two billion movies. <laughs> so the interesting thing is, though, uh, obviously because of the success in the story, this movie is largely considered by by the community mm-hmm. as a uh, as a classic mockbuster. Yeah, yeah, it's the the predecessor to the Asylum movie, right? But I find it interesting because it does not carry the it, same tropes. No, which no. is honestly something that I very much appreciate. Um, it does not, like I said, it doesn't have the really cheesy, campy acting. Mm-mm. It definitely doesn't have the tongue-in-cheek humor. It, right, it plays everything fairly straight. It does, it does. I mean, it, it doesn't have a lot of the strips. You can tell that mm-hmm. the people who, who worked on this legitimately thought they were doing something. They, they were trying to make a movie. Yeah, they were... Not they were, something that someone's grandma would check out from... Blockbuster thinking, thinking it was, it was Jurassic, Jurassic Park. Park. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so, and also it doesn't rip off Jurassic Park quite as much as you would anticipate. Not really, no. Especially like Especially considering the source material. Um, which, I'll, I'll get into it a little bit yeah, later. Yeah. But, but the, I, I tried my dangdest to track down a copy of the book. Like, we didn't have it at the library I work at. Um, and I tried to get it through our interlibrary loan department, and they basically told me to fuck off. <laughs> so... <laughs> It's just interesting because the book, uh, from one the research that I could do, uh, I, I guess the book is a pretty rough read. Mm-hmm. Uh, the main character is pretty much a self-insert by the author. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, it is even more misogynistic than the movie is, which is... That's bad. Yeah. Uh, it's, this it's, isn't exactly the most progressive movie in the right. world. 
But it's interesting because the uh, the book has these dinosaur hybrids, these genetically mm-hmm. modified dinosaurs, in a zoo, in a yeah, zoo-like yeah. setting, which I don't know, like, the, the movie does not do that. Which, no, like... So it, it's very, very interesting, especially since the book predates the uh, Jurassic Park novel by six years. Yeah, yeah. So... Like, I mean, the idea of dinosaurs in a theme park isn't exactly, like, the most revolutionary idea ever, like... I, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. but but it's still, but it the fact that there's two novels within a, a short span of time that both got made into movies with that released within the same year is just right weird. But, but like I said, I just find it very fascinating that, uh-huh. that Corman apparently decided that he was going to try to capitalize on Jurassic Park, but not have the dinosaurs in cages. Like that's I, I have that's to, wild. I have to wonder if the reason he did that. Would be because, like, if, if he did the dinosaur zoo or theme park or whatever, he would have to have more than one dinosaur on screen at a time. That is a dang good point. And I don't think they had the budget to do that. That is not something I had considered and is very, very... Uh, so he was just like, uh, okay, what do we do now? Uh, alien. We're doing Alien. <laughs> yeah. It's Alien now. So the movie was written and directed by Adam Simon. And then, uh, as Chris mentioned, uh, Diane Ladd is, uh, yeah. is kind of the top billing... Uh, mm-hmm. I had a note here. Uh, my very first note is that she apparently got higher billing than the movie title. Yeah. Because the movie starts and her name is the first thing you see. Yep. And then it sh- then it presents the title of the movie and then it goes on to the rest of the credits. And, like, I couldn't decide on the joke I wanted to make because it also the way that that's presented, it very much looks like the title of the movie is also an actor in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Carnosaur, starring in Diane Ladd. Yeah, but Diane Ladd plays uh, Dr. Jane Tiptree. Uh, you may know you may know uh, Diane Ladd is uh, being in Twenty Eight Days. Uh, she was also in National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, uh, and uh, and Chinatown. Chinatown, <laughs> and uh, even more hilariously is uh, if you didn't know, she is the mother of Laura Dern, who was of course also in Jurassic yeah. Park. So they had so, dueling movies in the theater. That's it's wild. Dueling dinosaur movies. It is wild. I think uh, Laura Dern probably came out ahead in that one. <laughs> Diane Ladd's not doesn't like get treated very well in this. She doesn't get no, a lot. No, <laughs> no, she she doesn't. But to be fair, uh, she is my favorite character in the movie. Oh well, yeah, because she is the only. <laughs> she's loopy. She's she's freaking Fruit Loops in this. Yeah. Um, but then you have uh, all right, and then uh, you might have to correct me. I'm gonna probably butcher his name, uh-huh. but uh, Rafa uh, Raphael Sparge. Yeah. I have no idea. Sabarge. Anyway, Raphael Sabarge, uh, he plays Doc Smith. uh, And uh, most people will know him as the voice of our, uh, everybody's favorite biotic boy, Caden Alenko, in the (laughs) Mass Effect trilogy. And then he also played, of course, Karthanasi in uh, the Knights of the Old Republic series. Why'd you say the same character twice? (laughs) I don't know. Weird glitch in my notes, I guess. Um, But yeah, he's in this, which when I found out that that's who that was, blew my mind. Yeah, I... I, he didn't sound the same. I mean, it's you yeah. know twenty years before the fact, but right. But it, it to me, honestly, it definitely makes me see Caden and uh, Karth in, in a different light now. Yeah. But uh, then we've got uh, Jennifer Runyon as uh, portrayed as Thrush in the movie, um, also known as Anne, kind of. Uh, <laughs> but she's various. She's mostly just had supporting roles in various mm-hmm. movies. Um, apparently, she played uh, Cindy Brady in a very Brady Christmas. That was probably her most notable one before. Yeah. Good, good for her, yes. So, like, um, 
<laughs> and then, of course, the effects were primarily um, were made primarily using models and animatronics designed mostly by John Carl Buechler. Buechler. Oh, damn it, I have it right you, there. You wrote it right there, and you still mispronounced it. I did. That's because I didn't read ahead. Yeah. Um, he's designed mostly by uh, John Carl Buechler, uh, who also wrote, directed, and designed the effects of the uh, 1986 movie Troll. Which I'm sure we'll get to at some point. Yeah, yeah. It's in, I believe it's in my list. It, I'm so. almost positive it is. But, uh, so yeah, that's, that's kind of the the main talking points as far as the cast goes. Well, you you forgot the man, the myth, the Clint Howard. <laughs> um, you know, I've got him here, but... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, him and his food glory in this movie. Good lord, I, hate, I did not like watching this man eat in this no, movie. No, <laughs> watching Clint Howard eat is usually pretty gross. <laughs> it's... <laughs> It's so bad in this movie, too. Yeah. We have, we have two scenes. Two scenes of him eating. Yeah. Why? Why is that necessary? Because he's the chicken man, I guess. <laughs> I, I like, don't know. That's what he do. He do chicken. But yeah, like I said, this movie is not a great movie. It's not terrible, but the misogynistic themes and anti-activist messages are pretty cringy. That was... Yeah. There's a lot. Like, one of the things that gets me is it does have this very, like, anti-activist message. Very much so. And then, like... The first couple minutes of the movie, the credits are, like, these horrific scenes of farm factories. Yeah. And it's, it's like... not great. Yeah, so it's like, what, where are you, you putting your feet here, guy? Right. Um, I, do, I have to say, though, I do really adore the music. The music's good. I it, really like the soundtrack of this yeah. movie. It's very synthy, but uh, so let's let's talk about this movie. Um, I'll try to run. Yeah, I'll try to run through the synopsis as best I can, and you uh, as fast as I can, and you can kind of add where you feel. But uh, there's just so much going on in this damn thing. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a dense movie. Like that's yeah. something I I did not remember necessarily. Especially no, I, mean, I guess as a kid I I didn't really have a good concept of pacing and yeah. and of outline. And of course I didn't really pay much attention to the story proper. But like this movie is thick. So, so it, it, it opens up with uh, ARPA, which is the Advanced Research Projects Administration. Um, the wiki straight up calls it DARPA, which is the actual thing, but yeah. I don't think that they're supposed to be the same. No, I don't think they're supposed to be the same because DARPA is more disaster like relief, isn't it? Uh, or like disaster preparedness? It actually isn't. Isn't? Um, okay, what the hell am I thinking about? Yeah, no, DARPA is okay. Defense Against Research Projects Agency. Okay. So it, it's very similar, but I definitely did not get the impression that that's what ARPA in this movie was doing. No, our, it seemed like it was just like a bizarre research lab. Like, yeah, maybe not of, even that. Kind like, of. It, it's hard to say, and the movie yeah. doesn't really make it clear. But, no. <laughs> um, but the... Uh, it's a made-up, like, government branch. Yeah. 
I mean, no, they're not even government, though. No, I guess not. We'll get to it in a moment. But but <laughs> so they're, it opens up with them discussing Dr. Jane Tiptree, who has done some controversial things with genetics in the past. Um, it's revealed that she's currently working for Eunice. Uh, I'm not really sure what Eunice actually does in the movie. It's never Near made clear. as I can tell, they're like um, food processing no, i thought no see that's what i thought too. yeah because like but they have they talk about all the food stuff that they've done that's that's a division of Eunice. okay well, yeah so they're kind of like monasto or something like kind that. of it, it's it, it's a big company and they've got all kinds of different things i don't know it's it's weird it's weird but at any rate uh it's revealed that uh, she has a contract that allows her to work for without interference from Eunice for three years uh, right. So basically she can do whatever she wants and they can't do any they can't even re- look into what she's been doing how do you get a contract like that? Like that is wild. <laughs> well, it, it's it's kind of it's said in the movie that like she used to be she used to work for the military and basically designed bioweapons uh, for the military. And she has while it was controversial, she was very successful and mm-hmm. kind of has a reputation. So I, I imagine that was probably how she did it. But yeah. um, but eventually, it, I mean, it shows. And the, there's a lot of the the kind of overlays in the movie um, presenting a lot of different information. Um, half of which is almost mumbo jumbo, just mm-hmm. kind of like scientific terms saying, Oh, you know, this percentage of cells is a certain percentage of cells per million is infected. And, and yeah. throughout the movie, you just keep seeing that percentage usually go up depending on the area. But uh, the more important stuff is where it is, of course the establishing uh, locations. And it tells us that she's working in the food science division of Eunice. <laughs> Which is a terrifying phrase. Exactly. Um, it cuts to uh, a driver who is who sneezes directly on his passenger. Yeah, that was gross. Yeah, like that was. Yeah, maybe it's just because everything that's been going on for the past couple of years. Well, the movie, you, like, it, it, I don't know. It, just gross. It, it's still like even pandemic aside. Like yeah. I still like it's just he leans over just directly to sneeze on him. It's like yeah. why. Uh, but we later later learn that the uh, the guy who got sneezed on his name is Swanson, so I'll be referring to him as that from here on forth. But uh, the the two start investigating um, this uh, uh, basically a, a poultry plant mm-hmm. uh, in Eunice's food science division, uh, where they find some bloody chickens and a bloody chicken mess in a cage, yeah. and then sitting next to bloody chicken mess is a big ass egg, and it hatches into a baby creature uh and immediately jumps up scratches swanson on the uh face and and runs away um this all happens while tip tree is watching through uh you know cb uh cctv yeah cc i did it i did it in one uh cctv uh monitors um and then uh, we cut to uh, S- Slim Fryer, uh, the titular Clint Howard. <laughs> the titular Clint Howard. Yep. He is the carnosaur. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, uh, but we, we cut to Slim Fryer, played by uh, Clint Howard, who's loading tr- chickens into a truck at the Purex Poultry Plant, which is a different division of, the, of Eunice, in Climax, Nevada, which is where this movie takes place. I didn't realize that was the name of the town. Yep, it is Climax. Climax, Nevada. Yep. Oh um, my god. Yep. Uh, Slim comments that he thinks uh, he notices that the chickens are acting very nervous and he comments that uh, he thinks it might be because of incoming rain or that maybe the sky is falling. Yuck, yuck, yuck. Yeah. Um, 
the, but we then notice that the, the audience notices that there's an awful lot of blood on the door to the truck. Nobody else seems to notice this. Yeah. Um, we cut to the plant manager, uh, whose name is Jesse Paloma, played by Frank Novak, uh, who is also very clearly sick, which is a theme we'll see in the rest of the movie. A lot of the yeah, a lot of the characters are supposed to be sick, and to be honest, they sell it. Like I, I think especially like in the hospital scenes or the doctor's office later. Like yeah. that's you you get the feeling and, and <laughs> i've seen people like that over the past year <laughs> exactly like these people are unwell they feel unwell and you really get that feeling which is why i find it interesting that the direction on uh the truck driver was specifically to like sneeze directly on the passengers like we don't need that we can tell that people are sick yeah um but uh jesse is telling his security guy not to let anybody leave the plant until this creature that was hatched from the egg is found uh, he also wants this to keep be kept under wraps, uh, very secretive. Mm-hmm. The security guard Tony uh, is very bad at his job. He sneezes into a hanky and then shakes the hands with the poultry delivery driver, whose name is Merle. Uh, and then, uh, and Merle casts his own of truth. <laughs> but yeah, it's like he sneezes in. He sneezes into this hanky, shakes hands with Merle, and then Merle whines at him to to let him out of the the plant and. Uh, Tony immediately folds, just like yeah, yeah. go ahead. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be I'll back. Say you, you left two hours earlier. Yeah, it's, it's like, wow, Tony, you're bad at this job. If anybody was good at their job, we wouldn't have a movie. That's true. Um, that could be said about a lot of movies, though. Yeah. So a lot of horror movies. Anyway, um, while they're, while while it, uh, in transit, a chicken is attacked and killed by the hatchling dino in the back of this truck. Uh, Merle notices this and pulls over to investigate. Uh, and then we get our first instance of a very repeated effect in the movie, the green dino vision. Yeah, yeah which we get... is good, our predator vision for this one. Yeah. Um... <laughs> do, do dinosaurs actually see all in green? Like, was that? Uh, clearly, uh, clearly the makers of this movie knew. Uh, yeah. And that's exactly, like, this is scientifically accurate, I have to believe. Either that or chickens, because these things oh, are genetically true. True. mutated with chickens. Okay, so. now it makes sense. Yeah, chickens do see chickens green. Chickens see in green, obviously. Um, the hatchling attacks and kills Merle, um, eating his eyes right out of his noggin. That's a pretty graphic scene. Yeah, and, like, I know that you were dunking on the, the, the effects of this movie, but I gotta admit, the, the puppetry on the little, on the hatchling well, yeah. isn't too bad. No, like, the, the puppets don't look terrible. They don't always look like, like, living things, but they always look like puppets. Like, they don't look mm-hmm. like right. a mess. right. And I, I feel, I definitely feel that as the dinosaur gets bigger, the worse it looks. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't look like a giant dinosaur. Sometimes it looks like a giant puppet. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> pretty much. But yeah, we get, we get this uh, cut to Doc Smith, finally, uh, by Raphael Sparge. Um, whose protagonist finally enters the movie. Yeah. You say that like we're actually not too far yeah, in. Yeah, I know we're not though. that far in, but there's a lot of notes. A lot <laughs> a lot has happened, and that's the theme of this movie. But So we cut to Doc Smith, who's watching brain surgery while he's drunk. Yeah. I, I don't know why that is, uh, but uh, we learn that he is the night watch for a quarry in Eunice's mineral division. Um he hears some trespassers and chases them out of the quarry. He, he threatens that he, and I quote, Hold it! I got a gun! I can't shoot for shit! <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, uh, go, go you, Doc. Um, I, bet, I think what he means is that, like, he's not going to pull warning shots because if he does, he's going to hit them regardless. <laughs> probably, like, 
I, I guess, I mean, I don't know, if I, if, a, if a drunkard was wielding a gun and telling me he couldn't shoot it very well, I'd yeah. be pretty frightened, so. Yeah. Um, but uh, Doc starts a tractor, and here's another trespasser cry out. Uh, he pulls this person out of the tractor and pulls off their ski mask to reveal that, oh, she's a lady. She has boobers. That changes everything. Um, Doc apprehends her, calls Sheriff Fowler, played by Harrison Page, who is currently at the site of the, the Eaton driver. Uh, he, he speculates that the, what killed Merle was a bobcat. Uh, the doctor, the local doctor, uh, Dr. Sterling Raven, played by Ed Williams. That's a hell of a name. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sterling Raven, yep. Dr. Raven thinks that bobcats are extinct. In, so um, In that area. Well, not just, like, in general. <laughs> I don't know. The way he presents it is like, Bobcat. Bobcat. Yeah, Bobcat. Hasn't been a Bobcat in these parts since I was a kid. I think they're extinct. Either you are grossly misusing the term extinct, or you really don't understand yeah. uh, wildlife, or maybe this just takes place in a weird alternate reality <laughs> that bobcats, bobcats are Only extinct. difference. <laughs> I, no, there's another difference. We'll get to that in a minute. But yeah. um, but uh, we learn we later learn that this trespasser's name is Thrush, uh, and after getting off the phone, uh, Doc passes out in a drunken stupor, and she sneaks off. Uh, we cut to Dr. Raven, who is now conducting an autopsy on Merle, and he, uh, he makes a phone call without taking his bloody gloves off, so yep. that's that's great. Uh, it's one of those dial phones, and you can even see the blood smears on the phone. It's kind of <laughs> hilarious. Uh, but he calls the Fish and Game Department, who have gone fishing, so leave a message. And he tells whoever he's calling that he found a strange sample on the body and wants kind of a second opinion. So he's going to send some some of this, uh, this sample off to be analyzed. Uh, we cut to Tiptree, who's upset at Jesse for letting the creature escape. Um, she's awfully catty about what it is, <laughs> but she wants it found. Yeah. Uh, Sheriff Fowler and Doc head down to an activist's camp to find Thrush the next day. Thrush is clearly there. Doc sees her, but he denies that she's there because he's, I guess, taken a liking to her. Because, again, lady. Yeah. We see uh, this this movie. You also notice this. This movie's kind of all over the place. It cuts scenes pretty frequently because it's yeah. just trying to get so much across. But we see it's easy to get lost if you look away for a moment. It really is. So we cut to Jesse's daughter Janie, who is sneaking out for a joyride with her boyfriend and his friend, while or her other friend, I guess. I don't know. Um, while her father tells his men to find the creature, um, we have a scene with Thrush approaches Doc. Uh, Tells her, tells him her name, and uh, that she used to be Anne. That's the last that's brought up. I, yeah, um, I don't understand. And she, she, uh, she thanks him for not riding her out, and she gives him a memento, this little knotted necklace thing, uh, which very briefly comes up later in the movie and was mm -hmm. inconsequential. So I didn't really put too much stock into it. But, uh, but she, she then tries to appeal to Doc's sensibilities. Uh, telling him about the area uh, that's being torn apart by Eunice's mineral division. Uh, apparently it used to be a, an area known as the Dinosaur Highway, <laughs> a migration route for dinosaurs. And where they drive their little cars and <laughs> get into stop-gap traffic and yeah, have the kids in the back whine at them and then they'd eat them. The circle of life. Circle of dinosaurs. <laughs> no wonder they're extinct. Uh, she <laughs> they're <drunk> cars. <laughs> she chastises. What were those fueled up? 
Grandpa? <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. As soon as a dinosaur would die, they just <laughs> melt him down into, into crude, and then they just go to town. There you go. Yeah. But she, They're she, big. They got lots. <laughs> Grandpa's going to fuel the car for three years. Uh, she chastises him for destroying the land, but he claims no responsibility because he's just a night guard, which, I'm going to be honest, I, I, I feel you. I yeah. feel you on that. That's the, the, the equivalent of... I'm never gonna shop here again to the uh, minimum wage employee. Yeah, he's just like, I don't oh. give a, I oh, do okay. not give yeah. two dams. Um, no, stop! Don't come back. Yep. <laughs> but uh, Janie and friends uh, are drinking and driving and tearing ass out in the middle of nowhere uh, when they almost drive off of a cliff. Uh, just you know, having fun as kids do. Yep. Um, the friend gets out to take a piss, and Janie and her boyfriend immediately start making like, out. Yeah, like as soon as the friend's butt leaves the car. Yeah, it, they don't waste any time. No. Uh, but then we get our dino vision again as the creature attacks the friend while he's taking a leak, uh, then jumps into the jeep and kills the other two in a very gory display. Mm-hmm. Uh, we find we see the friend trying to crawl away, calling for help. Um, and then you get a scene where the dinosaur kind of roars into the sunset and makes this really creepy sound. I think it's a falcon it's like a modified falcon screech oh think so i think so that's what it that's what it kind of sounds like overlaid with something else yeah but it it sounded like a falcon screech to me but it's it's one of those instances where i like like i mentioned liking the music but i also really like the sound design of this movie i just really enjoy how this movie sounds Mm -hmm. um we cut to a man named Fallon, uh, played by Ned Bellamy. Uh, we saw him briefly at the beginning of the film. Uh, he seems to be an important member of ARPA. Uh, he's the one who is kind of conducting the entire meeting about Tiptree in the beginning. Yeah. But uh, he's upset that the FDA wants to test his beef because he the uh, he mixed the DNA with a turnip. Um, I, yeah, I don't know why you would do that. Yeah, and he and he's planting obs- cows. And he's upset that the FDA wants to test this. Um, this this really doesn't go anywhere other than I guess establishing that he's trying to get things under the FDA's nose, which is why I don't think this is a government. Faci- I don't know. I don't know. Like, but, who are these people? Why are they allowed to do this? Yeah. Um, his his assistant, some woman with a tablet. There's uh, a lot of those. Comes uh, comes up and she informs him of the t- test results of Doctor Raven's autopsy. Um, apparently, when the state checked the saliva found on the body for rabies. Um, and other diseases, they found a genetic marker in it that's registered to Eunice as a chicken. <laughs> this man is a chicken. Yeah. Well, they do that the animal that killed the man is either, uh, it either ate enough chickens to pick up the genetic marker, or was in fact a chicken. Yeah. Um, One of these two answers is much more interesting than the other. <laughs> And neither are accurate. And neither are accurate, unfortunately. Uh, but we cut to the two. We cut to the the two drivers from the beginning, Swanson and Sneezy, looking for the creature. <laughs> Didn't know his name was Sneezy. <laughs> well, that's what I called him. Oh, um, oh okay. <laughs> no, that's no. He's, no, he doesn't. I didn't bother looking up his okay. character's name. I just do Swanson because they call they reference Swanson in the movie. Okay. But, and he's got a, he's got his name badge. Sneezy's name badge is covered up by a seatbelt. But okay. Uh, but they're looking for the creature. Uh, Sneezy is busy eating a bucket of chicken. Yeah. Not the last time we'll see something like this. No. Uh, Very chicken-heavy movie. And he, he offers some to Swanson, saying that it'll help calm him down. But Swanson only hungers for revenge against the chicken that scratched up his face. Not not the white whale I would have <laughs> pinned, but... You know what? It, 
If you're gonna die on a hill, like it may as well be against the monster that tried to eat your face. <laughs> um, Sneezy reminds Swanson that they have orders to drink the creature, but Swanson wants blood. <laughs> Uh, they find the dino, and it breaks through their windshield, killing them both. So he did not get his revenge. <laughs> no, no. He, he ended up not being the main character, this random truck driver guy. No, Swanson Swanson was not, not the main character. Um, then we cut to a weird-ass scene with... Uh, we, we cut to Fallon laying on a table and kind of flirting with a senator who's eating a blueberry pie. Yeah. Uh, he's He's... Really trying to sell the senator on them blue on the uh, blueberry pie. Um, I, just, I don't know why he's laying on the table. It's, it's really freaking weird. Yeah, this scene is bizarre. But he's he's bragging to the senator who's just face full of blueberry pie, uh, telling him how the blueberries have been preserved, and he lets the senator know that each little blueberry is coated with a thin layer of goat embryonic fluid. <laughs> Well, I'll get it. You get the senator some water. Let's... Uh, the senator reacts to this in the same way that most people would. Yeah. Um, Fallon is uh, approached by his assistant while the senator is heaving up the food, and uh, his his assistant kind of tells him that you know there's no way that this creature could have eaten enough to pull up, pick up the genetic marker. Uh, so, I guess it was a giant chicken then. Um, Fallon doesn't want this chicken fiasco to get out, uh, and that'll potentially harm his standing with the senator uh because you know <laughs> forcing because because what he just did is not bad enough but yeah uh, like what standing with the senator at this point man yeah, you I just guess, fed him goat embryonic fluid yeah he's trying to schmooze the senator and turning a blind eye from his weird food related genetic nonsense I, I i don't understand this man we then cut to a scene where jesse is uh distraught over his daughter um mm -hmm. uh, his, his daughter's death and Tiptree is talking to him via you know monitors and and uh, speakers uh, and she kind of lures him into uh, into a room he, he has a good cry about his daughter's death and Tiptree is trying to console him and she straight up lies to him mm -hmm. telling him that she's alright uh, she then lures him down a hallway which has this like big pipe uh, I, I always remembered it as a kid for being the pipe hallway. Yeah, well, that's what it is. It's the it's the way to the dinosaur room. Um, <laughs> she she leads him into this foggy room with lasers, and there's a T Rex. The, yeah, just just a T Rex. Do just, you have a T Rex? It, it's the, We have a T Rex. We have a T Rex. <laughs> um, <laughs> Tip Tree disables some of the lasers and activates some others, which traps Jesse in the room. Uh, with the Rex. Uh -huh. He tries to escape, but his hand is lasered off, and then he's devoured by the Rex. So so it didn't matter nope. that his hand was lasered off. Yep. Um, we then cut to the uh, activists handcuffing themselves to the quarry equipment. Uh, Doc is uh, not too happy about this. Mm -hmm. uh, how, how dare his girlfriend betray him? They've known each other for like a day, and he's done one nice thing to for her. <laughs> oh, <laughs> he's put in enough... Uh friendship coins he deserves sex at this point exactly and and and, and here she is handcuffing him, herself to his his equipment and making his job hard so he decides to go to jay's diner most of these people <laughs> yeah they're not great so doc decides to go to uh jay's diner i guess um where he meets up with slim and we watch as slim uh has just just the grossest freaking meal 
Mm-hmm. Um, Slim wants some gravy, and the cough cooks. Dr- uh, the, the, <laughs> the cough cooks. <laughs> man, words is hard, Chris. I know, man. Uh, but you put like a million of them on this I page. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Slim wants some gravy, and the and the uh, the cook coughs directly into the bowl. Again, uh, it's gross. It's so gross. Did you I, miss I, something? No, I originally had more notes here, and then I just kind of deleted them because I was like, they're not, they're, they're kind of pointless, and now I'm realizing that that made this entire thing pointless. Yeah. There's the diner scene. Hey. Uh, Cook coughs into a bowl. Clint Howard is there. Clint, Yeah, and Clint Howard makes a, a, a couple who, uh, a pregnant couple nearby very uncomfortable yeah. for no discernible reason. <laughs> Other than he's Clint Howard, and that's just what oh. he does. But yeah, we, we find the dinosaur finds the activists and uh <laughs> the uh one of the guys gives the dinosaur the best line in the movie uh gives the dinosaur the peace sign it says greetings green brother and then is it's promptly yeah and then he's promptly eaten greetings green brother <laughs> um all of the the activists are eaten except for thrush because and, she's in a main character yeah she is the main character um and we have we have a gruesome scene of them being devoured by the dinosaur. Yeah, once and again, not bad effects. Not bad effects, uh, and not bad acting. Like, yeah. it's very rare. Maybe not rare, but, it, like, I just... The the woman who gets her foot eaten off is screaming, yeah. and, oh, man, it is very convincing. It's visceral, yeah. Vis- visceral's a good word for it. Uh, Doc returns from the diner to find the carnage. Uh, he shoots at the dinosaur, who runs off into the night. Uh, Doc then comes across the Eunice drivers, who had been devoured by the dinosaur, uh, and he overhears Tiptree on the radio uh, trying to get in touch with him, and deduces that Eunice is responsible for the deaths, and learns that they're looking for this creature. Uh, He bags one of the bodies and brings it to Tiptree, gaining access to the lab by pretending that he sedated the dinosaur and brought it to her. Uh, As soon as he gets the chance, he holds her at gunpoint, and he implies that the sheriff is suspicious of him for killing all the activists. (laughs) <laughs> this is not seen in the movie, but whatever. Uh, okay, I wasn't losing my mind. No, no, it, it's... It, honestly, and I think this is happening in the same night, so maybe either uh, there's a cut scene, or just Doc just assumes that he's going to yeah. get blamed for all of the activists getting murdered on his property. Um, because, you know, he, he must have been a hungry boy. Tiptree uh, then tells Doc that she designed this fever that everybody has been getting, and that he is also infected. Uh, we cut to a scene where sheriff, the sheriff is explaining to his wife that Thrush has a fever and that the clinic is completely full, uh, and it's kind of revealed that his wife and daughter also have it. So, like, they are really, really trying to drive home the fact that there is a sickness going around. Yeah, yeah. This is our, like, third subplot of the movie. Um, well, the thing is, it's kind of the main plot. It is, but it's... Well, we'll yeah, get to it. Right, right. But uh, he takes over cooking breakfast, mm-hmm. and he starts cracking eggs. Um, um, and uh, this... Yeah, I remember this, this scene screwing me up as a kid, because uh, I, I do not like green eggs and ham, Sam, I am. Um, <laughs> the problem is they're not green, they're black. <laughs> well, they're green and black. It, it's, a, it's a really gross scene. Uh, he cracks yeah. open some eggs. They're all greeny and black inside. Uh, and one of them even has a tiny, diny, a diny, <laughs> tiny, diny. A tiny, diny, Ambry. <laughs> It's got a dino embryo in one of them. Uh, this diny, uh, yeah. This, this scene screwed me up as a kid. It, it, I, I don't think I ever swore off eggs, but damn, if I don't, if, like every now and then, even to this day, when I'm like cracking eggs, uh-huh. this scene crops up into my mind sometimes. <laughs> what if there was a little dinosaur in here? Ugh. It's just it's icky. And it was still alive. 
Um, and then we cut to a scene of Slim eating a bucket of chicken in the chicken coop. Yep. Classy. Uh, the dino attacks from above and just kind of takes his head off. So, And that's the end of Clint Howard. Yep. yep. And we also learn that apparently the dinosaur is very good at climbing. Sheriff Fowler brings the embryo dino to Dr. Raven and comments that it's growing fast. Threefold since this morning. I don't think that's quite right. It's definitely bigger than it was when he hashed it, but if it was, like, it was, you know... It was egg-sized. Egg it was egg-sized, so if it was... Three times that size, it would have been like, yeah, maybe like hand size. You, I mean, yeah, give uh, or take. Listeners, take took note of how far Chris's hands are. Yeah, I was, so I see. was like, okay, how far <laughs> is that? That's not yeah. quite a foot. Okay, <laughs> um, I knew what I was doing. But this yeah. is a visual medium. So after examining the creature, because apparently Doctor Raven is the only medical professional in this area, uh, but he he moves around his clinic and just touches every single one of his Everything. sick patients with his bare hands. Yeah. Like, it's supposed to be a scene establishing that, yeah, the this clinic is full. Everybody is very, very sick and uh -huh. feeling unwell. And the, and Dr. Raven clearly has compassion. <laughs> it is just... Instead, he's smearing everybody up. <laughs> yeah, like, I watched this with Penny, and, like, her exact comment on this scene was just like, yeah, that's right, make sure of maximum contamination. Yeah, yeah. Just go around and spread that thing as best you can. Tiptree's uh, secretary, Susan, is apparently also sick. And Tiptree's kind of um, giving a little bit of exposition. Yeah, um, for... In a very, like, I don't know, I didn't mind the exposition dump or her monologue. I think maybe because it was so broken up. And, right. I don't know, it, it seems very sinister and just foreboding. Uh, but she, uh, Tiptree explains to her assistant that, uh, or her secretary, that... Right now... Your body is an evolutionary battlefield. Which Whatever that means. means what exactly? Um, yeah, uh, apparently. Your soul, the flame that, that heats your body, that drives your fever, is the same fire of creation. <laughs> Tip tree's just loopy. Like, yeah, she's, she's just fruity loops. She's lost the plot if she ever had it. Uh huh. Um, Susan is acting like she's in labor. And there's a good reason for that. Oh, God. Yeah. Um,. She gives birth to a dinosaur egg, uh, <laughs> dying in the process. I, I, I don't think it's an exaggeration to say this is an explosive birth. Isn't this the way that the Super Mario Bros. movie started out? I don't want, guys, don't make me think about these things. <laughs> I'm just, I'm asking questions here. Although, <laughs> but uh, Tiptree brings Doc into the uh, the incubation room where she takes this dinosaur egg, and he threatens the, the eggs, and... Uh, very easily finds Tiptree's uh, nerve because she yeah. is very protective of them. He he now has some pretty good pull against her. I yeah. don't know why she brought him there, but whatever. She's got to show off her evil plans. Yep. Uh, we cut to a scene where the federal government has set up a quarantine of the town, and Fallon is there for some reason. So maybe he is part of the... I don't understand I this man's role. Uh, he chastises the CEO of Eunice and is appalled that nobody questioned why Tiptree, a woman known as the quote-unquote fairy godmother of military biotech, was working with chickens. <laughs> maybe she just likes chickens, man. Yeah. Um, a man with a sick wife in the backseat pulls up to the Code is, Blue HQ. What's is up? this the same couple that was in the diner? I thought so back when I was a kid, and, uh -huh. like, in my memory, it is not. It's not, okay. It is not. Because I thought the woman in the backseat, like, he was trying to get her to the hospital because she was in labor. Right. She is not. 
Okay. He just he, she's having this fever that everybody has, and he's just trying to get her to okay. the hospital. Okay. I don't know why they're not the same people, but it, yeah, especially since be... in the diner they clearly establish it. it. It makes that scene irrelevant. Yeah. Um. Although, like, oh, I did forget to mention in that scene though. That's when they're having a discussion about the Bobcats, and how like, yeah, I believe it was uh, Clint Howard's character. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was. Clint Howard's character uh, suggests that bobcats eat, like, suck out the eyes, and that's why it was a bobcat that killed the, the driver in the beginning of the movie. Oh. Um, so, yeah, I, the bobcats in this world are just fucking wild. Yeah. Um, but uh, anyway, um, they have guns pointed at him uh, while he, they take his wife away, and they order him out of his car, take him away, and kill him. Yep. <laughs> um, the man's wife is brought into the, uh, into the tent where she spits up green goop, and she births a dino egg. Uh, Tiptree reveals that she created a highly contagious virus that makes women hyper-pregnant with dinosaur eggs. Sure. Uh, Her aim is apparently to wipe out humanity and give the Earth back to the dinosaurs. That's really fabulous. Like a great theme park. So, uh... A little on the nose there. (laughs) We got a a nice little jab there. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, again, part of it is like... Like, knowing the history of the movie, and if you completely ignore Jurassic Park, you'd almost think that this was a reference to the novel. Right! It is not. No. <laughs> it is absolutely not. But <laughs> it's like, well, whatever. Um, See, like, at, at one point she says that, like, after her dinosaurs replace humanity as the dominant species, they'll begin to evolve culture and create art someday and stuff like that, and that's just... I want to see that. I know. I want to live in the future that Tip Tree dreams in. (laughs) Is this some, like, Dinotopia shit right here where it's, like, the dinosaurs are painting and... (laughs) Although, again, my wife uh, made a comment while watching this scene. She's like, wait, her plan is to unleash an entirely carnivorous uh, dinosaur species into the Earth and that's going to somehow repopulate the Earth of dinosaurs? Yeah. There's there's a few steps missing here. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, You gotta have some prey species. Yep. And we're not going to live that long. No, no, because well, we're we're rapidly dying from super dino birth. So, <laughs> um, yeah, we've got maybe a generation at best yeah. left. So, uh, we then cut to uh, we see the dinosaur, the the main the carn- main dinosaur, the carnosaur, yeah. approach a pet shop where a barking puppy is inside. Uh, that puppy is toast. Yep, that puppy is later seen. Well, not seen, but is dead. That that puppy is dead. Uh, we find Sheriff Fowler reading Goodnight Moon to his sleeping daughter, which I thought was an interesting... Yeah. <laughs> we'll get to that when we eventually cover life, but <laughs> uh, I guess I mean, Goodnight it, Moon it, is supposed to be a really creepy book, I guess. I don't it, know. It's a popular kid's book, but like I can't imagine that the, uh, the estate of the author has like signed off on it being in all this stuff. Maybe life? Because that was a bigger studio movie, but like, Carnosaur? I, right. She would have been alive at that point, and I don't think she would sign off on it. I don't know. It's weird. But uh, he's, he's reading to his daughter, uh, and he hears the dino cry out, I guess. It's unclear, uh, but he, he eventually he decides to head out to investigate, uh, where he eventually comes across the pet shop where the dinosaur broke into, and uh, it, of course, ate the puppy. Uh, the dinosaur is across the street, and it attacks. Mm. The sheriff shoots it in the neck, and it dies in a very dramatic way. <laughs> yeah, it's it's giving a soliloquy as it as it hits the dirt. <laughs> yeah, like this I, nomination. Where's this Oscar's nomination for an Oscar? Dang it! 
Where's uh, this Oscars nomination for an Oscar? Oh my god. Chris, words are difficult when you're tired. But you put a million of them there. <laughs> uh, where's, where's this dinosaur's nomination for an Oscar? That's go. what I want to know. Um, but uh, the, the sheriff walks above the dying beast. Um, I, I wouldn't have personally straddled it, but you know. Um, yeah. And the dinosaur, in its last dying breath shoves its entire foot through his gut and he blows its head off yeah i, I kind of want to know like the the physics of this last dinosaur attack because it doesn't look like its leg should bend that way they, they probably shouldn't but uh <laughs> the dinosaur yet, was here... so enraged in its dying moments that it broke its own leg backwards to well, stab him no 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 you see it's the chicken genetics chickens are known to be able to do this <laughs> it, it uh, doesn't come up very much because i mean chickens don't kill people generally don't they <laughs> They generally don't kill people by shoving their entire foot through somebody's gut. But if they could, they would. Um, Fallon, Eunice's CEO, and the military are discussing the situation. Uh, They determined that the virus could wipe out humanity within six months. Yeah. Uh, The CEO posits that with the use of artificial wombs that they've been developing, for some reason... uh, (laughs) They just have. Yeah, they could rebuild the species by breeding a new generation of females. Females. Fallon thinks that humanity might even become stronger in this wake. Yeah, that's pretty gross. It's... it's... Like, he says that all of the... The, every female on the planet is going to die via dinosaur impregnation, and then all the men are either going to get killed by carnosaurs or, I guess, die of sadness, <laughs> leaving non-binary people the sole survivors of the planet. Uh, Doc wants the serum uh, so that an antivirus can be generated. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tiptree keeps telling him that it's too late, uh, so he shoots an egg, uh, which immediately changes her tuning and she gives up the goods. <laughs> Wait, shit, you are willing to shoot these eggs. Oh, God, I fucked up. I yeah. fucked up so bad. <laughs> um, Doc d- heads down the hallway and into the laser Rex pen. Oops, there's a Rex there. <laughs> if he had watched, if he had only watched that scene from earlier, he would have noticed, he would have recognized that piped hallway. Uh, Doc shoots out the lasers to escape. Tiptree releases the T-Rex. And we you know, we realize that at this point that she's also sick and begins to prepare to give birth. Yay. Uh, Tiptree rips open her own stomach and a baby dino pops out to greet its mama. I I guess they just really had to drive home the idea that this is an alien knockoff at this point. (laughs) Right? I don't don't know why why this scene exists otherwise. It's so... It's... It's so weird. And, I mean, I guess it's supposed to also show that Tiptree is so beyond insane. But it's just... It she's, is, she's totally beyond redemption at this it point. It is such know. an unpleasant scene. Yeah, it's... Ugh. But uh, Doc returns to his trailer and finds Thrush asleep again. Uh, he sets down the serum and kisses her awake. Um, she's very clearly sick. Thrush dreamt that all the planets were eggs and were hatching. Yep. Which is unpleasant as well, I suppose. Uh, Doc radios... Oh, yeah, because those dinosaurs are going to be much bigger. Yep. Um, uh, yeah, and I believe at this point Doc administers the serum into thrush which is not how uh antidotes work yeah uh you don't just like load them up with with good good serum juice like and and in all the resources that i could find outlining the plot of the movie people call this the antidote as if the antidote was already manufactured but earlier in the movie he very very clearly states that it's the like the raw right serum or it's the raw serum and they'll have to make the and they'll have to make the antidote yeah so he apparently forgot 
in between. Um, <laughs> so he's super poison thrush at this point. Yeah. So, uh, but while this is happening, uh, he radios for help and he overhears a correspondence between two guys. I don't know who they are or what they are. They have code names. One of them finds the the uh, the feds, and the other finds the T Rex. I don't know which is worse. But uh, Doc deduces yeah. that the Rex is traveling to the quarry on genetic instinct, following the dinosaur highway. Honk, honk. <laughs> but uh, the feds kill everybody at the clinic. They take photos and mm -hmm. burn everything. Uh, the Rex arrives at the quarry. Doc puts Thrush in a bobcat, one of the little skidseers that they have, and they have a kiss. So not a, not one of the bobcats that eats eyeballs no. and is maybe extinct. No, no, it's it's a different bobcat. There's a lot of bobcats this, in this movie. This is a very bobcat-centric movie. Maybe maybe the bobcats evolved into machines. I don't I, I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't I don't understand. I that. have to think they would have mentioned. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, and and he gets into uh he puts her into a bobcat and they have this kiss and then he climbs into another and it's time to fight a dinosaur i don't know why these bobcats have like sharp grabbing appendages on them like, i you have to ask okay, my so, brother well because my dad okay so th these are these are what i've known as skid steers right. all my life and in my dad's line of work he had one of these and i've driven it and used it and i've seen him moving dirt and such with it they don't have grabby claws. I don't understand, but whatever. Um, These are specialized tools. I guess. Um, and they're very sharp, apparently, as we find out, you know, for stabbing the dirt. The The fight begins. Uh, the Rex eventually overturns Doc's bobcat and goes in for the kill. Thrush comes to the rescue, stabbing it in the leg with the jaws of this bobcat's bucket. <laughs> Uh, she knocks herself unconscious, and Doc climbs in to take over. He stabs the Rex in the stomach and tears out its innards. Uh, and then he he, uh, he expresses his distaste for nature as he pushes the Rex over. Um, as far as one-liners go, this was not a great one. I hate wildlife. And then he just shoves it over its... It's weird. Uh, he takes her back to his trailer and calls for help. The feds show up and shoot the shit out of him. Yeah. Snap a photo. This is like then, the ending of a John Woo movie. Yeah, and then the then the then uh, they burn the bitch down. And the, the then the credits scroll, which, interestingly enough, they didn't scroll from the bottom up. They scrolled from top down. That's weird. I thought that was a weird choice. I don't, I, I don't know why. I don't know why that's the norm for us. But, um, but uh, yeah, that's what I noticed. So... Yeah, the uh, and that just kind of comes to a screeching halt. Yeah, and that—that's how the movie ends. Uh, uh -huh. Pretty, pretty downer. Um, yeah, but uh, yeah. Did you have anything to add? Anything else you'd like to? I don't know. I think you covered every absolute thing that could have possibly happened in this movie. I did. I did. I, I have a passion for this movie for yeah. reasons that are beyond my control these days. But uh, some some facts about this movie that I figured out uh, that I learned. All resources that I could re find that refer to the dinosaur as a Deinonychus, which, I mean, it makes sense, but it's never stated in the movie. It's never, mm -hmm. like, explicitly brought up in the movie. There were eventually two sequels and then two spinoffs yeah. to this movie. So it's got, you got Carnosaur 2 and 3, and then you have spinoffs of Raptor and the Eden formula. Uh, and apparently Raptor is just mostly stock footage of the first three films. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's it's pretty much just cut-paste. That sucks. Um, 
but yeah, that's that's the movie, um, and I think I've pretty much covered all of the information there uh, in a very unorganized and roundabout way. But uh, uh, I don't know. That kind of fits with the movie. The movie's kind of a mess, so it really is. Like I said, the, the biggest thing about the movie, and to be fair, I don't th- I don't discredit it too much for it. Like it doesn't bother me as much as some other movies do, mm-hmm. where it it never focuses on one thing for too long. It cuts back and forth quite a bit. Which, to me, always kind of established that all of this was happening at once. And it was almost more of, like, a maybe not a documentary, but, like, less telling a tale and more recounting events that happened. Yeah. Like, I don't know. The the movie itself, all from start to finish, has a very ominous kind of vibe to it. This this very dark and kind of um, constantly, like, an omnipresent just dark force that's just kind of crushing on you mm-hmm. so and like so much happens in this movie but i don't think the runtime is very long on it uh like it what is, is the runtime on the critter? uh the runtime uh an hour and 23 minutes yeah so it doesn't even not even the 90 minute mark nope which is is a short movie but it's just jam-packed it is it is full it is yeah there's so much going on and it's almost to the movie's detriment that there's just mm-hmm. so many and there's a lot of scenes that just feel like they should have been on the yeah. editing floor. Like, like there there should have been more conservation of character. It would have helped to have a smaller cast. Absolutely. Um, and like, I don't know. It just it, yeah, it's it, a it, baffling it, it's a, movie. It goes at a breakneck breakneck pace. Um, I noticed that you like you in your notes you had said that it kind of drags in places, especially in the beginning. Yeah. But for me, it was one of those where it was. And I remember, I remember, even remember sitting down to watch this with Penny. I was expecting to watch this in two chunks. I did not expect to watch it in one full yeah. thing. But, like, you blink and it's over. It's mm-hmm. just like, wait, what? Like, there's no pause. It doesn't yeah. give you any moments to breathe. But, yeah. It's, it's just that they, they kind of backload it with the dinosaur stuff. And the front part is a lot of people talking. It's information being passed along. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. it's, like, it compared to the back half especially, which is bonkers crazy like the first half is just like okay there's a chicken dinosaur and now it's gone <laughs> right and then it shows up and murders absolutely everybody yeah it, it it's it's like a serial killer it just yeah. kind of goes around and well, that, just murders that, that's kind of why i made the comparison to alien like mm-hmm. it, it doesn't it's not a jurassic park ripoff no it is an alien ripoff absolutely very much so and and like i said that's just so weird because they had the the building blocks there to make this a complete jurassic park ripoff yeah and they were going to capitalize on Jurassic Park. It's I have to it imagine mind it blowing, but for budgetary reasons, it's a lot cheaper to get a bunch of chickens than it is dinosaur puppets. No, you you're probably uh, directly on the mark there, um, but it, it's just I don't know. It, it's a baffling movie. It's a fascinating movie. Yeah, like, it's everything. Every time I uncover something new about this movie, I'm just, just it's a little puzzle box. <laughs> yeah, it's just fascinating. So, welcome to Jurassic Park. crunch of this monster yeah um i was, was kind of wondering how you were gonna do this and not have it just be one of the basic D dinosaurs yeah it was tricky 
uh, because I mean, obviously, one of the things that we, the best way for the best way that we've found to create monsters is to uh, to kind of take a uh, take another stat block and kind of use that as a baseline. Right. And with this one, the obvious choice was the Deinonychus stat block. Yeah. And reading through it, I was just like, well, my job's done. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I can't do that. So I had to get a little creative with this one. So okay. uh, a lot of this was lifted whole cloth from the Deinonychus in okay. the book. But I did add a few things in there to to make it a little bit different. All right, so uh, I call this little sucker the Biosaur. Good name. I thought it was fitting. Uh, he's a medium beast, unaligned, AC of 13, HP of 26, which is uh, an average HP of 26, versus 48 plus 8. Uh, he's got a 40-foot speed, um, which is, like I said, exactly the Deinonychus from the, yeah. the, from the book. Uh, though, I did give him a 10-foot climb speed. <laughs> because in the movie, we see him attack from above. He takes yeah. off, uh, what's his face's head? I can't R- Ron Howard. Ron, Ron Howard? Clint Howard. <laughs> <laughs> I, was like, I was like, oh my god. Ron, Ron Howard's <laughs> brother. Clint Howard. <laughs> yeah, but we, we, I mean, we see him take his head off. Uh, so it's got a climb speed. Sure, why not? Yeah. Um, it's It's got pretty standard stats. I think I increased its strength a bit. Okay. Um, because again, we do see it shove its foot through a, a man's body, which I don't think dinosaurs can do. I, I don't know. I, you know, that's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to know how the fuck you know hey, they listen, don't. <laughs> listen, no dinosaur I've ever met can do that. That I, can manage that feat of strength. <laughs> I'm shaking my head sadly right but now. But I, I did, uh, I did give it a little bit of more strength. Uh, it's got a, a a bonus to stealth, which again the Denonicus did not have in in the original stat block. Okay. But this creature is a little bit more stealthy, so I decided to do that. Uh, dark vision of sixty feet, passive perception of thirteen. Um, it's got a challenge rating of one. Okay. And a proficiency bonus plus two, which again same thing as the mm-hmm. as the Denonicus in the book. Uh, I also gave it the Denonicus's ability to pounce, where if the biosaur moves at least twenty feet in a straight line uh, yeah. towards a creature. Uh, hits it with a claw attack um, on the same turn, then that creature must succeed on a DC-12 strength saving throw or be knocked prone. Uh, if the target is prone, the dinosaur can make one bite attack against it as a bonus action. You know, eat them eyeballs right out. Um, where I got a little creative, however, is the, its final retaliation ability. Okay. Uh, when the first creature gets within five feet of the biosaur after the biosaur has dropped to zero HP... The Biosaur gets to make a claw attack with advantage against the creature before it dies. Uh, this attack is considered a critical hit as long as it hits. Okay. To kind of just give it that that little spark. Um, and I mean, that that's the long and short of it. That's like the only major difference that I've made. It still has its bite and claw attacks. Yeah. Plus five to hit on each. Average damage of seven on each. Piercing or slashing, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. But that, that was it. Um... There's not a whole lot you can do with the thing. Like it's, no, it's it. It was hard to do this one because it's not a very unique. Creature. It's not a flashy creature like the past few we've done. No, it's, or some it, others that we will be doing. But. Yeah, it, it's something that very much does exist in D and D already as a dinosaur. Exactly, like, exactly. And one of the things that I really wanted to do because we've kind of had a little bit of a focus on it in the past is to utilize the things that we see in the movie. Right. Uh, and. As far as this thing goes, the only thing we really see unique is mm-hmm. that claw through the guy's chest. Yeah. Or through his stomach. Um, 
in, in terms of crunch anyway, like if you were talking about like how you'd use it in a campaign, it would be different than your normal dinosaur because, you know, they hatch from chickens and they grow really fast. Right, right. right. Um, which, you know, now that you mentioned, like there's a lot of lore that goes into a lot of these yeah. creatures that we've not really touched up well, on we're, as far we're as the crush. Just crunch dealing goes. with the crunch. Um, if we ever want to do a, a more extended cut of some of these monsters, like that's... Something that's we can not, always do. Yeah, that's not a bad idea. Yeah, we, we I'd, I'd really like to revisit some of those and give some mm -hmm. of the lore. Uh, I think it might be a little tricky. I don't know. The reason that I hadn't delved into that previously was just because I would rather these things be more of a template for mm -hmm. other for DMs to use. Because again, like even though that we're like I said, we're, we're we're treading a fine line here because we don't want these to feel super gimmicky, but yet we're right. still pulling direct things that we see from the movie. Uh, yeah. So yeah. I don't know. I, I'm still torn on that front. Uh, I still don't think we have quite the good of focus that we probably should. Um, like maybe we should just lean in whole hog to the the gimmick factor. But I don't know. Uh, but like that's kind of why I wanted to avoid some of the lore because then it's just basically recapping some of these movies. Or you know I don't know. Maybe we can create our own lore. That's really I think more of a your department thing, creative yeah, writer. But, maybe. But maybe I don't know. It's just it's weird. But. But you know, I, I agree with you though. I think that the implementation of this monster right. is probably going to be more interesting than the stat block itself. Yeah, yeah. It's another one of those things where uh, this is another creature, and I'm I'm beginning to discover that this is probably going to be a reoccurring theme. But this is our third creature that grows during <laughs> yeah. the movie. I mean, alien maybe not quite as much as as the previous one, blob and this, but mm -hmm. like. There really isn't a whole lot in D&D 5th Edition's rules that allow for a creature like that to just steadily grow and get more dangerous yeah, yeah. Uh, without straight up doing the transformations that they introduced in later supplements, um, which I, I do think is a good idea, but yeah, I don't... It's something you can play with, but like it's I, a little too much for what we want to do, I think. Well, for me, it's it's too much for a challenge rating 1 or a 2 right, creature. Right, right. like. That's for bosses. That's yeah. for the, the big, big heavy hit hitters. And even at the Carnosaur's largest in this movie, it's not particularly, like, impressively dangerous. No. Like, the sheriff shoots it once, and it's it's gone. It's toast. It's yeah. toast. Um, he shoots it a second time, and it blows its entire goddamn face off. Yeah. Um, so it, as long as a character is prepared to in fight this thing... They're going to win, mm -hmm. which is why it doesn't have a high stat block. I mean, and everybody it kills in the movie is caught un unaware. Okay. So, like, implementing the transforming, like, different stat blocks for this monster just doesn't seem necessary or feasible. I would love to have, like, a stat block for the hatchling and a stat right. block for the, the adults, but I just don't see them being all that different and therefore not yeah. really important enough. So maybe crafty DMs, DMs far better than I am, I'm sure, can do something with that and modify the stats on the fly to, to kind of do that. Mm -hmm. But I agree with you. I think the, the, the intrigue in this monster is more the impl implementation than the, uh, the, the crunch itself. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, did you have any, uh, any notes or any thoughts on the stat block at all? Nope. Like, Honestly, this one is about as good as you're going to be able to get it. Like, yeah. it. It's pretty basic, but that's all it needs to be. Yeah, it's pretty cut and dry. Um... So yeah, that's that's kind of it for the movie. Uh, all said and done, Chris, uh, do we do we recommend this movie? I don't myself. <laughs> like I, I know you do for for more nostalgia reasons, and like well, the creature effects aren't bad; they're worth looking at. 
Like, yeah, I mean, I know there's supercuts on YouTube of the the kill shots from the movie. I think you'd be better served watching those. Yeah, I I, I don't know if I. I definitely don't recommend the movie even for the nostalgia factor because I'm that's a very me thing. Uh, and if you have that thing, then you've already seen the movie, obviously. Right. Uh, I do recommend checking it out at least once because it is kind of a wild movie. It's it's very different from yeah. what you might expect from uh, from everything else. Like, like I said, it's not your typical Roger Corman movie. It's not a typical... I don't know about that. It's really... Well, it's not, a, it's not a typical mockbuster. It's not... Yeah. It, it's very different. And you can... Even watching the movie, you can tell there's a lot of lore there. Mm-hmm. It's they shove as much as they can at you, but there's you can tell that there's still more there. It's just it's fascinating. I recommend yeah. at least checking it out. Um, I don't know, eh, maybe not. It's hard to say. <laughs> it's hard to say. Like I said, the the there's a lot of cringy themes in this movie. There is. It's it doesn't hold up well. I don't think. <laughs> no, like, it definitely doesn't. It, it's it's a pass for me, but. I don't know. Like All right. it, that's that's what I got. Um, so Chris, what are we watching next? It's uh, next week is or next time is your choice. Yep. Uh, well, Steve, uh, like, kind of staying with the theme of great big lizards and reptiles and stuff like that, we are going to be watching Anaconda. Oh boy! <laughs> yeah, I want a John Voight stat block now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, cool. Um, Anaconda, what a what a fun yeah. All right, so uh, yeah, that's uh, that's the episode. Uh, thanks for listening in. Mm-hmm. Uh, we really appreciate it. I uh, hope you tune in next time for the uh, the giant snake action. Um, uh, but yeah, you can uh, you can follow us on Twitter. Uh, we are at Creature Crunch. Uh, you can also join our Patreon, uh, Creature Crunch. Uh, right now, at least we only have one tier, which is a five dollar mm-hmm. tier. Get access to our Critter Kibbles episodes which are mini, little mini-episodes where we kind of create fun stat blocks and other rules for other things we see in this movie. Um, in this one, I plan on uh, probably doing something with the Rex, and mm-hmm. then also I really want to do something with those uh, those Bobcats that fight the Rex. Uh, so not, not the Bobcats that eat the eyes and are extinct. No, probably not those, okay. although there's an idea there somewhere, but we're probably not yeah. going to explore it. But uh yeah, and uh, if you'd like to reach out in any other way, uh, we do also have an email, creaturecrunchpodcast at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you'd like us to specifically cover um, a movie that you are personally interested in or or enjoy, uh, feel free to shout it out yeah. to us. Yeah, uh, give us a recommendation. Us uh, but, uh, yeah, uh, Chris, uh, where can we find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at the library C. that's C-E-E. And you can find me on uh, Twitter as well. Um, I am at Danny underscore Hamsteak. We also have another podcast, uh, Shouting at Dice. It's our actual play D&D podcast uh, that I'm planning on... That will return at some point. Yeah, I'm planning on editing some more episodes here pretty soon. I just have been kind of sitting on it for a bit, but... uh, Sitting on it like you're sitting on a chicken egg that's going to hatch into a dinosaur. Oh, but... (laughs) (laughs) All right, well, uh, thank you for listening, you guys, and uh, we will see you in two weeks. Keep on crunching. Is that, is that our thing now? I don't know. That's what he said the past couple. What do you do?